Hello, my name is Peter Zablocki, and I'm a historian, author, and college professor. I'm thrilled to invite you to check out Evergreen Network's History Shorts podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, join me on a journey through time, exploring the little-known and hidden gems of history. In each bite-sized episode, I'll dive into my original research to bring you intriguing historical curiosities you've probably never heard of, uncovering the fascinating stories that have shaped our world from forgotten figures to overlooked events. And the best part? I've condensed all this historical goodness into manageable chunks, perfect for your on-the-go lifestyle. Whether you're commuting to work or squeezing in a quick break, History Shorts fits into the little time you probably think you don't have. Subscribe now and never miss an episode of the History Shorts podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. This is Peter. And this is Tom. And you're listening to History Teachers Talking Podcast. Part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. All right, this is Peter Zablocki and Thomas Reska, and welcome back to our podcast. Uh, this is definitely a, a different one. A different one. Yeah, it's a little bit more fun. That could be as serious as some of our other ones in the past, like our Unit 741 and stuff like that. So we're <laughs> yeah, that's calling a, a little that's bit. a departure. <laughs> Although some of these are just as gruesome. Well, yes, I guess. Some of them are going to be uh, just as gruesome. So what we're looking at today is um, a little bit from the ancient times, but also modern, just kind of like weird sports. There's these out there sports that are that exist in the world that um, are kind of on main, uh, not mainstream that you would find, I guess, on ESPN, not the Ocho, but ESPN.DS or even further down the line, um, <laughs> because these are just like these odd sports, but yet they are high, they have followings. They are classified as sports. And you always see this too with the, the Olympics coming up. Uh, you're going to see these, like, how is this a sport? How is this people competing for this? But, you know, this is one that they don't have the mainstream exposure as basketball, soccer, football, baseball, but they're still out there and people still train for them and they still compete in them. And they a lot of them do it not just for money in some cases, but just for the competition for the glory also besides the fact that we're going to be talking about different weird sports around the world because there are obviously a lot uh we'll also mention some sports that we used to not be considered weird and actually were considered mainstream we'll talk about yeah. and we'll kind of be jumping around between weird sports that exist today to some of the old olympic sports that no longer exist but once kind of, existed yeah, just phased um, away exactly as well as some sports from ancient times that are some of them are actually making a comeback but the same thing. So we're kind of going to be mixing and jumping all over the place. Some sports that once were mainstream and then simply stopped being mainstream because maybe they were odd, weird, or evolved into something else. And some of the ones such as, uh, you know, I mean, there's literally ostrich um, racing and toe wrestling, you know, stuff like that, which is real, believe it or not. So we'll get into that as well. Is there anything that you want to start us off with, Tom, or do you want to just kind of go? Well, I guess if you random. want to start, we start with the ancient world first. Yeah, let's go with ancient world. So obviously there's a whole bunch of different ones out there that exist. I'm going to stick with one from uh, that I thought was interesting. Actually, it's still practiced. It's from the ancient world, but it's still practiced a bit today. Boskashi, which is actually from a uh, Turkish culture. It's okay. developed sometime between the 10th and 15th centuries. And it's actually still played today, um, really by descendants of its inventors. It's the national sport of Afghanistan. So it involves two Wait, teams. Wait, is that the goat? Is that the goat? Yes, it's the one with the goat. So, okay. yes, we know some people that would really enjoy this in our personal lives, this game. But um, it's a national sport of Afghanistan, like I said, it involves two teams, and they go ride on horseback. You can see this a lot with these, obviously, with horseback. Horses get involved in sports quite a bit in the ancient world, where they're dragging around a headless goat carcass. That's kind of like the ball, I guess, across a field, and they have to drop it inside a, um, usually a circle. 
And they will use a sheep or calf instead of a goat, but it's basically the main sport. It was banned under the Taliban rule because it was considered too violent because the riders are equipped with um, whips, which they use to beat the, not each other, but they beat the other horses on the other team. So yeah. basically it's these two teams riding back and forth at each other, um, trying to capture and drag a headless goat carcass into a circle while they whip the horses with whips, like the better horse and stuff like that helps a winning team. It's a very violent sport. Um, it was kind of lost for a time. They believe it originated during the Genghis Khan and the Mongols. It was something they used to do. Um, um, and, they, and that the Turkish people used to like try to like steal the livestock back, and that's kind of how the sport originated. But yeah, but it's it's it was practiced during the 10th and 15th century, and it kind of has but um, reintroduced to Afghanistan after the end of the Taliban. But since the Taliban has re taking control over Afghanistan. Since then, it is now banned once again. And when I was reading about this one, it did come up in, in the defense of the sport. It was the fact that, well, most sports use a vari- some various skin, an- you know, skin of an skin animal, of an animal anyway, yeah. to make a ball. So how different is this? And I'm like, mm, well, it's a headless goat bleeding all over the place. Uh, maybe it's Probably. a visual thing. I mean, I, I mean, you're right. I think it would be unsanitary too. but Right? I mean, yeah, I get the football is made, I guess, from... I mean, although no, is it now? It's all synthetic. I don't know. I don't know anymore. Um, no, I think they still use. I mean, it's called pigskins. Yeah, that makes sense, right? So, a lot of other uh, odd ancient ones. This one is kind of interesting. I think it's pancreatin. Basically, it's like the precursor to MMA. It was like a free for all hand fight that mixed boxing, kicking, wrestling, you name it. There was only two rules: don't bite and okay. don't gouge out the opponent's eyes. Everything else was uh, fair. Fr- fair game. Yeah. Fair game. Basically, the fights lasted until one person was coerced into giving up. Or dying. It's just literally MMA, but for ancient Greeks. And then once you won the match, you'd be paired off to fight another. And this would basically continue until there were just two fighters from the original group that entered the fight itself left. And then they would be paired off. And then one would be named champion if that person survived. Apparently, this was actually brought into the Olympics. This was an actual Olympic sport. Oh, really? Now, one time? Yeah, like I said, there was a ton of them. Yeah, very popular. And then eventually, the people said, well, you're killing people, so we probably should not use this. The other thing I found about the Olympics was tug of war was an actual Olympic sport. It made its appearance in the 1900 Games. And they said it was an Olympic official Olympic sport until 1920. And you would have teams of eight pull your opponents past the line, right? Usually about six feet. So regular tug of war. Not only was this a, a sport in the Olympics between 1900 and 1920, if you look at crazy sports from the ancient world, Vikings used to do this extreme tug of war. What they would do is they would get animal skin instead of rope. And they would like tie these hides of animal skin together over this humongous fire pit. And you would be on either side and the Vikings would literally pull to see which team they could get into the fire. While they're doing this, they're cooking the skin of this animal, ultimately. And whoever won supposedly got the rights to all the women of that tribe, as messed up as that sounds. And obviously, not only were you like, you know, a coward if you let go, but you literally fell into a fire pit. Um, one of the ones that I found that was popular in the 17th and 18th centuries, it's not these sports called blood sports. These are basically sports that involve killing something or mistreating something. They would never pass today. Like, this is not going to pass. It was called fox tossing. And it wasn't just foxes, any sort of like animal around that size. But it was basically, it was really popular in parts of Europe, particularly in the upper class. And it was held like in a closed patch of land where they threw live foxes or other animals like um, small cats and stuff like that. And these animals would run around and then when they would run, they were released. And then when they were ran onto this like patch, 
the both sides would like pull really hard and like basically release a sling that would then fling this animal into the air and whoever could make it go farther would win. <laughs> so the highest recorded height was 7.5 meters. It's kind of messed up what it used animals for back in the day. Well, they said during one, during the um, August, Augustus II, the strong, the king of Poland, in one round or one, one day of this, they killed 647 foxes, 533 hares, 34 badgers, and 22 wildcats were tossed and killed. Because the animals usually didn't survive this. Well, if they did, they were definitely had like broken bones pretty much um, instantly. But it was very popular, like I said. It actually lasted all the way until 1919. When they finally um, stopped doing, they would by that point they were still doing it wildcats, but they decided it was just uh, wrong, not, not not worth it anymore. <laughs> well, they said with the wildcats, they just didn't give a pleasing kind of sound when they hit oh. the ground. Uh, so that's, that's, when, that's what kind of that's turned people off. Yeah, when, <laughs> they like the sound when the little cats hit the ground. The yeah. um, this so again another animal one pato, which is the official sport of Argentina. Oh, uh, Pato I saw, was. I saw that one. Yeah. yeah, they were playing with a live duck, kind of like they said it's like a polo and basketball because you're playing it on a horseback, and as opposed to trying to get the ball to your own side, this really started between farms. So they would take a live duck instead of the ball, and the goal was to get your duck back to your ranch house. But the issue was that just kind of what you mentioned before in the other sport is that these guys are not just whipping; they're they've knives. There's like knife fights. They're punching each other. Yeah, they're using knives. Yeah, they're going at it. Like, they're, people are killed. Not only was the duck usually killed during the match, but actual people were killed because of the violence and the whole thing. In the late 18th century, Catholic priests refused to give Christian burial to any person that died during a pato match because they say it was so violent. So between, you know, headless goats and foxes and ducks, I, this is getting kind of interesting here. But- yeah, so I'm going to go one that's a little bit different now. Uh, one that you pro- people have probably seen and be like well that's really really difficult like one that does require a lot of skill and that is um cpac takara and it's one of the it's an obscure sport but it, it's it's definitely a sport it's also known as foot volleyball and it's okay. basically like exactly that it's a very like aerobatic sport you know you have to, you have to definitely be in good shape to do this where uh it's a combination it kind of looks like martial arts where you have to kick the ball over the net and stuff constantly it's a lower net and that's all you have to do. You can only score by using your feet. So there's kicking the ball back and forth over a net. It's kind of like a smaller soccer ball. And um, they have to like, try to like spike it down and stuff like that. So it's, okay. if you ever see, like just Google like a YouTube video of it or foot volleyball and you'll see it's incredible what they're doing. And they believe it originated in um, Asia. It's kind of like a combination, like I said, of like different uh, Malaysian cultures. And you played between teams of two, three or four players. And they actually do have um, world championships of it. Like to this day. To this day, yeah, they have the ISTAF World Cup and King's Cup World Championships. It's popular in like uh, Southeast Asia. I, I see a future for us in this time. We should, uh, we should get it. Yeah, maybe if I was uh, twenty years younger. <laughs> so many sports, so many sports I would try if I was twenty years younger. Yes, because they're crazy enough for us to try when you're younger. Absolutely, not now, not now. Not now. Well, maybe, maybe I don't know. I don't think any of them now. I'm not even wife carrying. Am I doing now? <laughs> you saw that one. I saw that one too. All right, we'll get into that in a second. But going back a little bit too, um, I'm going to kind of shoot back into some sports that were considered sports during the Olympics as well. Like I just like I touched upon before. One was uh, live pigeon shooting. It's kind of weird by today's standards, but back in 1900, the aim for competitors literally to shoot down as many live pigeons as possible. And obviously, this was described as like an aristocratic sport, especially before the 1900s. But literally, they would kill like 300 birds at one event, a single event, shooting pigeons 
But what ended up happening is the entire field, they said it was littered with blood and feathers. And finally, it was like the Olympic committee was like, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't do this anymore. So they stopped it. Another thing that was a sport was rope climbing. You had to climb a vertical rope. Uh, This was 1896 Olympic, 1904, 1906, 1924, 1932. And it was supposed to show your upper body strength. You literally had to just climb up. You remember that in gym class? Yes. You know, is an Olympic sport? I, I don't know. Another cool sport, this was not Olympics, but it is a sport that is kind of still popular in Central America. It's an ancient sport. It's called the Ulama. And the original game was created by the Mayan Empire. And they had a lot of different sports. But it's kind of like basketball, but the players have to bounce the ball off their hip. Can't touch anything else. Okay. The ball could only yeah, touch it, their hip. Yeah, I think I remember seeing this back in the day. Yeah, and they have to like attempt to get the ball through a hoop that's attached to a wall. Initial game, when this came out, was the fact that the games were the balls were constructed out of human skulls. So today, that's no a little bit different. Yeah, not gonna, they're not going to have that. All right, I'm going to lighten things up a little bit because this is getting yeah. kind of dark <laughs> and stuff like that. So one that I saw that, not an Olympic sport, but it is a sport that's taken the United Kingdom by storm. And it's something called ferret legging. Oh, God. So what this is, it's, um, it's a random sport where they, it's an endurance sport, where you have to have a lot of endurance, a lot of determination to be able to succeed in this uh, cut-neck business of ferret-legging. And um, what you're basically doing is you personally put on trousers, pants, and they seal them up at the feet, and then two live ferrets are dropped inside of the pants. And it's just a winner is a person that can withstand the ferrets running around for the longest. Wow. Um, how long do you think the, you could last for that, Pete? Uh, yeah, you got me. Go. Well, the longest one is five hours and 30 minutes. That's the world record. <laughs> okay. So you want okay. to break a world record, you just have a ferris run around in your pants for five hours. Wouldn't they wow. die? Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I would think so. They got to be like urinating and stuff during that time, right? Um, I would say just like... I'm sure we could Google something. this. I'm sure we could Google this and YouTube it and make like... See I'm, not waste, I'm not wasting my time with that. But no, yes. but we could. <laughs> I mean, it's doable. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the facts from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. All right, Nguni stick fighting. This is an old one by the Zulus. Uh, It's actually still practiced today, and it's it's self-explanatory. It's called Nguni... Uh, stick fighting. I mean, it's right in the name. The Zulus would basically beat each other up 
with sticks. And there was two sticks. One was for the, for the offense. One was for the defense. And you could only use the right stick for the right, you know, thing. People seldom died, but apparently you would literally walk out of this like bandages. Yes, I've seen pictures bones. of this. this I've, heard, I've heard of before. They're literally be- beating each other up with sticks. Uh, and this was actually a very popular event, apparently, at weddings. You would have why not? Well, why you would not? have warriors from both the bride and the groom's families. They would get together, and they would see to establish which family was stronger and had better fighters. So, like, you know, like let's throw the bouquet. All right, now let's go get the sticks. Um, it's like line up, and that's kind of what they're doing here. So, which is a little insane. But let's uh, yeah, let's go into some of the more modern crazy ones that still exist. I mean, you've been kind of touching upon them a little bit, but I mentioned before there's ostrich racing originated in yeah. Africa. It made its way to the United States. And you may laugh at this, but the ostrich could go about 70 kilometers per hour, which... Yeah, they're going it, pretty fast. Yeah, they're... Yeah. I didn't, I never knew people could sit on ostriches, but I guess so. I guess so. But it's like, you're going like 35 miles per hour. That's pretty fast for an ostrich. No, there's videos of this. I actually did click on this video. And yes, people sit on an ostrich. And it looks as ridiculous as you think it does. There's toe wrestling, which I mentioned before. Yeah, it's a real thing. Yeah, I saw they started actually some... Uh, in England, and a couple of people, they were basically drunk in a bar and came up with this. And now they have like divisions and everything. But another one that kind of started in there that's getting a lot of mainstream exposure now. I'm sure I don't know if you've seen the videos are all over online. I know it's on like I think TV too. Is slap fighting? You oh my goodness! Piece? Did you see some of these videos? They're intense. But there's like rules or anything. Like, but you literally you're just standing there letting us uh, another person line up and then slap you as hard as they can in the face. If you can withstand and not be knocked out from that, then it's your turn. You just go back and forth and see who can knock the person out more. But yeah, there's like there's leagues around the world and stuff like that with this. I know Dana White, the guy who runs UFC, actually has his own slap fighting league. That shit's actually on TV, I think, once in a while. So oh my that's one of those obscure sports that's actually getting some mainstream attention now. And who knows what's going to happen? Maybe in a couple of years, you know, 20 years from now, that's the... Uh, they're gonna bring it to high school. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Yeah, it's gonna be a new high school sport, or maybe at the Olympics, or maybe. It places the Super Bowl. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't know about that, but uh, you never know. Uh, no, I thought football was going to be what it is. That is true. I think we did. We do a podcast that I feel like we might have, or maybe we wanted to, and then do it. I, don't I know. eventually said we were going to do like the football, Super Bowl, or something like that. Yes, chess boxing. I saw that one too. This is it's literally what it says. So two participants. You have to be good at chess and boxing because there's alternate rounds. So the idea is you let your brain rest while your body beats, like you know, beats itself up. And then you let your body breathe while your brain exercises. So you switch. Each round alternates. And you go back to playing chess. And then you go back to beating each other up. Chess, beating each other up. This one I saw too. And I thought I was like, oh, this is funny. But wait. Because it looks like it's like there's like a legitimate uniform for this. Shovel racing. Yes, I saw that one. Yes. First Winter X Games in 1997. And the sport involves literally sitting on a shovel and racing down an icy hill. And you're wearing, you know, you're wearing a helmet. you got sponsors on it. And you're literally sitting on a shovel going down a mountain. That's a bit of an extreme sport. Another one I saw is actually exactly what it said. That's exactly what it sounds like. The other one I saw is something called fireball soccer. You see this one? No. So what it is, is it's a game of soccer, but the balls are made from coconuts. And the coconuts are soaked in gasoline for a week before the match. So they're easy to ignite and they stay ignited for the whole game. And um, it's just what it sounds. You're playing soccer only with a flaming coconut, except it has to be played without shoes. That's how it gets even more extreme. I can't like so. the crazy. Maybe thing at is- the world at the World Cup, you know, in 2026. 
Well, it's coming up. Did you see the finals at the MetLife yes, Stadium? It's right be, yeah, yes, it's going to be. Yes, it's going to be. Yeah, and how the finals got in Jersey, but yeah, I'm I, I'm going to enjoy that. Uh, but talking about like soccer and like you know basketball and all these other things, cycle ball uh, competition between two that. teams. You're on a bicycle and you're playing soccer with a bicycle, and you you can only use the wheels of a cycle or the player's head. That's it. And these are real things. Like we're not making this up, guys. Like these are real competitive events that exists just like as you mentioned before like you said it in the passing but wife carrying is actually a, a sport it's in finland i believe right yep yeah you're supposed to carry your wife through an obstacle course and whoever wins gets the wife's weight in beer now would your wife let you do that hell no mine would not be not a chance in hell no <laughs> she'd be screaming at me the whole time what she would let me do is the next one but i wouldn't i would not do it the one that i saw which is called the the beer mile. Did you see this one? No. So it's participants. You have to consume 355 milliliters of beer, at least 5%, um, you know, alcohol per volume, uh, each quarter mile for a total of four beers consumed in one mile race. But they said this is not just a athletic accomplishment, but it's also a gastrointestinal. Well, virtually guaranteed you're going to throw up while doing this. Great, great. So that's that's part of it too. So it's just not, if you don't throw up, that's like considered uh, a victory in its own right. Another one that I saw is cheese rolling. And apparently it's been around for 200 years. Um, okay. So during spring bank holiday in England, people gather on top of these Cooper's Hill. And there's a, a judge that rolls down a round of cheese. And then the participants race each other downward to win that roll of cheese. Uh, there's videos of this. This is real. It happens. And just if we're staying in England, this is kind of like a dream come true for Harry Potter fans. But Quidditch. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, they actually run around carrying brooms or something, right? Yes, they, they, that's exactly what's going on. I Obviously, not, yeah. if, I see, if I see people playing that, I'm going to run around with a baseball bat and see what happens. <laughs> uh, well, Harry Potter fans made it a real sport. They loved it so much. Obviously, they came flying brooms, but there are seven plays with a broom between your legs. Um, do they like do they like say vroom 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 as they're running around or something? Like I don't that? know, but it does combine rugby, dodgeball, and tag. It's like all three. And honestly, I see I see pictures of this, but I have yet to see a video of this, which is something that I will definitely be looking into. Okay, then. because well, it, it looks speaking intense. on that genre, I guess um, I knew that you can make money with this, but I didn't know this much. So the Call of Duty—it's actually the U.S. Call of Duty Championships, um, where people actually pay money. Basically, you're playing the video game Call of Duty, and people will watch this. It's like big the esports, so it's very. But well, that's like a real thing now. You could literally like some schools. Yeah, I know. Have, like, uh, our school was our school was putting that together an esports team. That's something that we'll be seeing soon. Um, but this particular one is just Call of Duty, which I don't think like high school teams are going to be supporting. But actually, the winning team uh, gets two point five million dollars. Okay, what are we doing, Tom? Which, Remember which, those which, days when you used to play this? Yeah, we used to play that game and stuff like that. We were actually like decent. We were good, it. man. Well, that's so, yeah. So back in the day, we were like twenty. We were like twenty-one years old, though. That's yeah, if, yeah, if that. But they have these giant like you know screens and stuff, and people watch them, and people are. You know, it's very popular. So, hey, Call of Duty. And he said, uh, I think they also do it for Mario Kart and a few other games. So, okay. Okay. Maybe we could go back to the glory. Some games. people would find that like obscure, obviously, you know, playing video well, yeah. games, and making money. Well, bed racing. First bed racing contest held in Nor- uh, North Yorkshire in 1965. It was only open to Army, Navy, and Marines. And apparently today it's open to anyone. And each team is made up of five members. And you make a bed and it has a theme. Your bed has to have a theme. So think of like Little Rascals movie where there's like a theme to your cart and it has to have four wheels, but it can also float. 
and you have like a you know mile and a half race also often includes crossing a river okay yeah it makes it a little, a little obstacle i guess right so i feel like next... a lot of these are in england though i'm finding yeah, there's a, a lot, lot in england, england. this next one is england too and this one is actually next time we hang out we're going to do this one pete <laughs> it's called um shin kicking I saw this one. So what you do is originally in Wales, and it's just as simple as it sounds. It's also very painful. You're going to stand face to face. You grab each other by the collar, and you just kick each other in the shin, and it ends when one person either falls down or cries out sufficient. <laughs> so once you say that's sufficient, that's kind of like, I guess, <laughs> tapping out. Um, but it's actually been around a long 18, time since the 1850s, yeah. and it's at the Cotswold Olympic Games as well. I did see that. It was one of the Olympic ones. And there was yeah. actual World Shin Kicking Championship yeah. for well, a few was, years. It was considered a martial art, but they actually like are teaching people the art of shin kicking and how to like defense and everything like that. So imagine yeah. how badly that hurts. Imagine it's training for well, we're not gonna imagine. Just this weekend we <laughs> hang out. Yeah, that's Wait, do we're I. doing this. Anyway, poo sticks. Simple sport. You drop a stick on the upstream side of the bridge. And then you run to the other side of the bridge and you see which stick comes across first. Ta-da! It's held apparently annually every uh, since yeah. 1986. Riveting, riveting. Riveting. In Turkey, they do oil wrestling in June every year. Two contestants wrestle each other, but they are completely oiled up head to toe in olive oil. Uh, interesting. <laughs> I don't I don't need to see that. Polo. Polo's cool, right? Classy, but not this one. Unicycle polo. No more horses, just one wheeled cycle. Same rules, same goal, same thing. Except now you have to deal with being on a unicycle. I can't. I can't even be on a unicycle. Mind you, playing polo. And these are national. Yeah, it there's it wouldn't there's be national either. teams for this. There's actual national teams for unicycle polo. Well, there's a lot of intentional. There's a lot of ones that hold a lot of skill, too. Like this next one I saw, which is limbo skating. <laughs> where people actually attempt to limbo beneath like obstacles like bars sometimes they even set them on fire while roller skates and there's a lot of like you gotta be really flexible to do this and the world record was actually uh, done in 2022 by a 17 year old um, which had the fastest one ever they slid under 10 bars in 1.69 seconds and they're really okay. like there's a couple like maybe like I don't know 12 inches not even off the ground <laughs> like that's how like Oh flexible they are and stuff and the ethical like downhill and gain up speed i mean some of these i just i'm looking at these and i'm like this should be this should be like perfect party games <laughs> like yes. let's try let's try shin kicking you're right let's just try some of these things yeah see what happens although this one sufficient in scotland tossing large wooden poles over certain distances to see who can throw the large wooden pole the furthest i mean you throw not a javelin just a wooden looks like a telephone pole this one i feel like my high school did like milk carton when they like compete to build boats out of uh milk yeah, cartons who can last like the longest yeah i feel like our high school did that when they build they like use cardboard to build boats and then see which one lasts the longest before they sink well i was seeing a lot they have the cardboard um fighting league which is basically i guess it's kind of like larping but you actually hmm. make cardboard like armor and weapons and just beat each other until your whichever armor and weapon holds out the longest wins I think this kind of wraps it up, right? I mean, do you have a, yeah, do you have so, one? Do you have one big grand finale? I think the one grand finale is another one that I think we need to try. And again, it kind of just sums it up. The name explains what it is. It's called Ultimate Taser Ball. <laughs> so what it is is two teams each have stun guns, <laughs> and this and you go into reach a score of um, you run back and forth on this on this pitch using a twenty four inch diameter ball 
and the players can stun opponents in possession of the ball. And um, <laughs> this is funny. I'm imagining this. <laughs> and you're basically causing, and you that's the only way you can take the ball from someone is to have them muscle spasm because of the taser and they drop the ball. So you can, you can, only, you can only stun people in certain spots. Uh, it has to be medical people always on standby. But um, it's, uh, yeah. So let me guess, England uh, doesn't yes. say. Doesn't. Um, yes, it's it's England and South America, very popular. I think we need to move to England. They seem to have a lot more fun yeah, than we that, do. Yeah, having some fun there. Yeah. Anyway, I, I think that pretty much sums up the crazy sports out there. And if you guys just Google crazy or weird sports, so many things pop up. Like we definitely just scratched the surface here because there is oh, there's literally extreme ironing. I mean, yeah, they do on like, like mountaintops and stuff. Yeah, like that. just iron, Every, just iron clothes. Yes. <laughs> There's just so many weird ones. So having said that, guys, I think this was a definitely a good starter. You should go and check some of these out if you find any of these interesting. And probably, um, you know, if there's any more that you want us to do a little more of a deep dive into, please let us know. We, we could probably do that. Um, if you need to find us, you can find us at www.historyteacherstalkingpodcast.com. We are there to answer any of your questions and we love suggestions. So make sure you send those over. So thanks so much, guys. And we'll see you again next week. Stay safe, everybody. I hope everyone enjoyed our podcast, and if you would like to email us, you can do so at historyteacherspodcast at gmail.com. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Burn the Boats from Evergreen Podcasts. I interview political leaders and influencers, folks like award-winning journalist Soledad O'Brien and conservative columnist Bill Kristol about the choices they confront when failure is not an option. I won't agree with everyone I talk to, but I respect anyone who believes in something enough to risk everything for it. Because history belongs to those willing to burn the boats. Episodes are out every other week wherever you get your podcasts.